1: Tecma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans.
2: It is a wonderful Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Tostitos, the official chip and the official dip of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome in to the star in Frisco. We're here for the next 45 minutes, breaking down the Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons as the Broncos game week nine, we're done with it. We talked about it at the end of the show yesterday. Don't
1: even mention it. It's
0: done. <laughs>
1: don't it even is, mention it. It is
0: done. Are we? I, I don't, don't know. We're probably
1: gonna bring it are up. Are the fans done with it? I yeah, don't probably so. not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everybody's hurt, man. That was a different that was a different kind of loss. You know, the kind that people will not put in the rearview mirror. <laughs> and it just will I mean look, we just gotta get to this Sunday. To get this feeling behind us, you feel like that's going to happen this Sunday? Oh heck yeah, we have to. Okay, I mean we have to. It's it's one of those things where the tape isn't going to lie. These guys are seeing the effort, and just when you go back over it, it's just ugh, it's just nasty. Uh, so I anticipate this Sunday at twelve o'clock, and those noon games have been a booger for us, man. Yeah. But you know, I expect for these guys to do something uh, to come in more energetic uh, on Sunday at twelve.
0: I was pretty proud of Cowboys Nation Twitter. On Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. The toxicity level was not what I expected. (laughs) The venom. The venom was not what I expected coming out of that game. I think people had it in perspective. I think when you win six straight, maybe you're due. Yeah. Sunday, if that happens again, though, it's, uh, yeah. That toxicity is going to be right back at the high level. It would go atomic, yeah.
1: (laughs) One more
2: time. It'd be atomic. Uh, atomic. Yeah, well, you could say that again. Welcome, Isaiah. Hello, good sir. How's it going, my friend? Oh, good day, Mike. Well, good day, Mike. You had an early morning this morning. I saw it on your
3: Instagram story. Always, oh, I was actually a late morning. Was it? Yeah, I got you to got sleep to sleep in, in a I little got to bit. Sleep in today. I didn't have to wake up till five thirty today. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: I hate that. I hate even thinking about that.
3: Yeah. I was, on, I was on daddy duty, so the kids actually got up with me this morning. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, they love it, actually. There you go. Every so often. Every so often.
2: So we were talking about the, the toxicity of Cowboys Nation and how it wasn't at the atomic level yet, but if the Cowboys do lose this weekend, it would reach new heights, ultimately, on Twitter and social media and no, website. I
3: mean, that's, that's Dallas. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, that's the pressure that runs with it. That's the, that's what comes with being in Dallas. That's yeah. I can tell you from somebody who's been on, been with some of the larger organizations in the in the in the NFL. That's Dallas
0: more so than New York, huh?
3: More, even more so than New York. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What about New England? New England, it, they're just supportive. All they do is win. So <laughs> yeah, and every, it, every it organization lately. in freaking Boston wins seemingly. At least when when I was playing.
2: See, but I feel like that would ratchet up the pressure even more though.
3: No, I think they just have a confidence that everything's going to be okay. I mean, you got to remember, Cowboys fans have been waiting for (laughs) championships for a very long time. That's a good point. Um, The city of Boston hasn't had to wait that long. So uh, when you make those kind of comparisons, the city of New York hasn't had to wait that long. Uh, So they have more recent memories of things that grass want to and hope to have. Um, confidence to have versus versus the Cowboys. I feel like the Cowboys are like hype, 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 and it right It's like hype, 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 hype. And so yeah. I think people are tired of their roller coaster. Um, yeah, so I think they're just they're hopeful, very very hopeful. I mean, so it,
0: Cowboy it, fans know what a great team looks like, though. It's been a long yes. time since they've had a champion, but they true. I think that's why I think that's why there's some perspective here. I think people yep. know they're good. They just have to show it. They have to come out with the energy that they had during that six-game win streak. So a big part of it's about themselves.
1: And then also the fact that we're always in the the national media and in in everyone's face. So the expectation and the disappointment is always front and center as well. And you talk about other organizations like Boston. I mean, they were a, a, a grease fire for a number of years. And so it wasn't until Belichick and Tom Brady got there that any of that even started so I mean you, you talk about the, the history of the Dallas Cowboys and winning Super Bowls I mean this is an expectation and so you know even if the fan base sometimes and I, it, what really trips me out is how people perceive Cowboy fans is like these brats are you know this these people that that feel as though each and every year is our year name a, name a team that doesn't feel like that name a fan base that doesn't feel like their team should be number one every year and I'll show you a loser
0: mm. can i say where it's accurate though Where about the f- judging quarterback play in this town i think that's the one where it's like there's no perspective there because they've been so fortunate and there's yeah. franchises that don't have anywhere close to the fortune they've had finding quarterbacks whether it's mid-round picks undrafted guys first round picks you name it i wonder if What percentage of Cowboys nation, I think it's probably
2: still pretty high, but how how large of a percentage it is that realizes how lucky, and I mean straight up lucky, the Cowboys got with Dak Prescott replacing Tony Romo. And that seamless transition in 2016 and how that happened, and then the fact that it has carried on all the way through 2021 and it'll continue through the rest of Dak Prescott's career, I mean, that transition could not have worked out any better for for Cowboys fans and it does bring up some bad memories for a lot of Cowboys fans as well especially those that were really high on Tony Romo but i mean having a franchise quarterback and then immediately replacing him with another franchise quarterback it doesn't happen that often but the Cowboys have had that great fortune over the last couple of years now we we keep talking about the how this team is good or they can still do something special even though you did have an embarrassing loss The first step in that is, like I said, putting it in the rearview mirror and then taking a step forward. And the Atlanta Falcons are that step forward this week. You also got a guy who knows the Atlanta Falcons pretty darn well. And that's Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, former head coach of the Falcons. And, Heckma, you posed this question in our group message earlier in the week. But do you think Dan Quinn has... Uh, that brings a little bit of an advantage: the fact that he knows that organization inside and out, and the fact that he has already left his stamp on this defensive or defensive unit. Yeah,
1: I mean, I and he even said it in his uh, interview that maybe. You know, only on personnel because he drafted most of these guys. Uh, but their systems and everything that they do now is completely different from when he was there. And so studying tendencies, all that, you know, that may be important, but still the, the defenses, offense, everything is completely different from when he was there. So, I mean, again, if there's any advantage, it's just on personnel alone.
2: What do you guys think about having that? Isaiah, did you ever play against a former coach like that? <laughs> yeah. Not head coach, but. Oh. I mean, did you have a head coach? Yeah. I I was thinking Belichick, but.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Belichick. um, Garrett, right? Yeah. Played against Garrett. I mean, but that stuff, as a player, it really doesn't matter. I mean, coaching wise, knowing the personnel, right? Knowing the personnel and knowing if there's obviously guys still on their roster that that he's familiarized with, um, then he understands their strengths and their weaknesses. And you could play to those things. Um, You know, I think teams are. It's no different than like Diggs. Diggs was balling out the first part of the season, right? And now teams know what he's what he's great at, but they also know what he's vulnerable to, right? So when you're a coach and you coach those guys, you also know those things. You know what they're more inclined to do. These guys, he's more inclined to jump on this type of route. They're more inclined to to take this type of set when you when we line up in this in this type of front. So there's there's advantages like that um, that I'm sure that he'll bring to those meetings. Um, but other than that, you know, guys just got to show up and play.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was with Matt Ryan for six years. So I think in six years, you've got a pretty good read on what he likes, what tendencies he he doesn't like. And so I think that helps. But even from a personnel standpoint, some of the guys that are driving their offense weren't there when he was there. You know, Cordero Patterson was not there. Uh, Kyle Pitts was not there. So I I think it helps – Maybe, especially from the quarterback perspective because they had a close relationship and they worked together for a long time. But, yeah, the scheme of the offense is different and a lot of the personnel is different. How much crossover
2: is there between a defensive coordinator and a quarterback whenever – or not even a defensive coordinator, but a head coach and a quarterback when the head coach is so defensive-minded?
3: I mean, there's a lot. I and mean, You yeah. know exactly what Matt Ryan doesn't like. You know, you know exactly the the, the looks that he likes. So when he used to call him, when the plays came in, and he, you know, obviously passed him along or gave gave Matt Ryan okay, like he knew exactly what plays he wanted. Right? I like this type of look. I, yeah. I feel confident in this. So I'm pretty sure Dan Quinn's going to stay away from those kind of looks. Uh, he also <laughs> knows exactly what pisses Matt Ryan off or what causes him issues. And you know, he he was able to, to to fire those things up in practice or not simply, you know, to have whatever type of practice they were looking for. So he knows the advantages and disadvantages, and um, you know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see. Tendencies. Yeah, the tendencies, man. I mean, you know your quarterback. If you're a head coach, you know your quarterback.
1: And I love what he had to say about him. He said he's an ultimate competitor. And knowing that, you know, Matt Ryan has been one of those quarterbacks over the years that has gone as high as he could possibly go to, you know, going to a Super Bowl and going as low as he could possibly go with, with just man, team having an awful season, him being injured. Right now, I think even in the evaluation of the Falcons, man, it's just really kind of weird to see them without Julio and some of the guys that Mm -hmm. have been a part of the team for so many years. They're completely changed. And uh, I think the team that we're going to see come in here on Sunday is going to be a lot different from the one that was here last year that we, you know, obviously the famed watermelon kick and all of that. uh, And it was a victory that we had to pull out. But I want to see what Arthur Smith brings to the table. Uh, I think Arthur Smith and, and, know, a new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, 39 years old, one of those offensive minds that everyone kind of thrust to the front um, – you know he had his success in Tennessee. You know that they went from Tennessee. They wanted to run the ball, play off a uh, play action, and throw. And I think that's the same thing that they're doing here. The way that they're using Cordell Patterson, I think, is very interesting. I, I've watched Cordell Patterson's career, and hell, I didn't know he was that kind of weapon. But they obviously saw something in him and what he does that they think you know is you, can lead this franchise. And right now, if the if the season ended right now, Atlanta would be in the playoffs, and that, yep. that's that's hard to fathom for a lot of people
2: and that's another thing you can't overlook this team as well I don't think that's going to be a problem after what the Broncos just did but you can't overlook this this squad as well just because they had a poor start to the year they've won some some gritty games four and four and all four of their wins have been within a single score I mean they've won close games and I I guess through the Cowboys side of things they've won close games as well so if you want to kind of Look at the two back and forth, you, you gotta make sure you take them seriously. Now, with with Dan Quinn and the game plan that he has and the fact that he knows the personnel to a certain extent on the offensive side of the football, what would he say the strengths are of this Atlanta squad? Would it be Cordarell Patterson? Would it be Kyle Pitts? Is it the run game? What what exactly is it specifically that Dan Quinn would try and take away?
0: It's not the run game. You know, they, they don't run it a lot and they haven't run it with a ton of success either I think they're getting 3.4 yards carry they're near the bottom of the league in attempts you know it's it's Matt Ryan and and you guys watch it I mean they're they're kind of in the mismatch business basically they've got a a running back who's not really a running back <laughs> and they've got a tight end who's not a tight end that you know it, they, they try to create mismatches with Cordero Patterson out of the backfield line him up everywhere and Kyle Pitts lines up everywhere and sometimes is getting the attention of the number one cornerback on the other team, so interested to see how the Cowboys handle both of those because it's a pretty unique offense from a personnel
3: standpoint. And Rob hit it right on the head. I mean, these guys are they—they they create mismatch nightmares. I mean, they create personnel nightmares for you. Um, you know, it's it's kind of kind of incredible the fact that Cordell Cordell right Cordell Cordell like I'm like like Corduroy Cord, Cordell yeah. Uh, that's how I'm going to remember it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, corduroy. Yeah, corduroy. Um, <laughs> if you call him
2: that sometime throughout
3: the week, I'm going to laugh so hard. Yeah, it'll happen, I'm sure. No disrespect. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the fact that he can line up in the backfield and you have to treat him as a running back, but then he can literally widen out, and if you don't have the right personnel called on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to put a linebacker on him mm. or a safety on him. Mm. Either way, you lose. And he'll run a go-route, too, on you. Yeah, either way, you lose. He's a receiver by trait. Yep. He's a returner by trait. Um, So you line up. Anybody but Micah Parsons, you're gonna lose. So you line up, you know, you know, Jaron Jaron Curse, and try to guard him on a route. It's probably not gonna end well. Even though Curse has had a good year, you know, sticking tight ends. This is not a tight end. This is not a running back. This it's is a a, this is a wide receiver that has the size to be able to you know, lay the hammer down when need to be. So, they that's that's just Ralph's point. They create those those matchup issues for you. And I don't. I'm interested to see personnel wise. What what we go out there with on defense when they come out in these different packages? Because again, if if Pitts widen, widens out, who do you put on them? If Cordell comes out the backfield, Cor- Cordell comes out the backfield, then what do you do?
1: It's going to be an interesting thing to to, to see uh, for Dan Quinn. I think that he has the personnel to match up perfectly with these guys. I mean, you know, Kyle Pitts is a tight end, it, we to slash receiver. Uh, Patterson in his career, uh, right now he's looking good. He's he's done some some pretty good things. And, and like we said last year when we were evaluating the uh, Atlanta Falcons, you know, even a Chrysler 300 looks like a Bentley. Mm. So <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I stay with that because I feel like this defense has the leg up uh, on uh, the Falcons' offense, and the reason being is we got to get back to getting pressure uh, on the quarterback. We hadn't been able to do that, and I think you know so much has been made of getting turnovers. What's going to happen when this defense doesn't get a turnover? We had one last game, but obviously uh, a flag negated that. But we have to get back to that. That's what we that's what we do: create those turnovers, create pressure, and make quarterbacks make bad decisions. And that's where Matt Ryan, I believe, is at his best in making those. De- those bad decisions. He's gonna and give you a chance. He'll give you an opportunity to get the ball, but obviously with the deep crossers, and we're seeing those be a problem sometimes for for digs. They're gonna hit us with that, and they're gonna try and put put those mismatches together. But we have to understand, man. They're without Calvin Ridley, and Ridley took his you know absence because of mental health, and we wish him all the best. Uh, but still, I think that when you look at uh, Russell Gage uh, and our ability to play him with uh, Lewis, I, I think those are those are matchups that our guys should look forward to because these are winnable for them. But Isaiah is right. When he's out of the backfield, uh, is, when Patterson's coming out of the backfield, do you put Micah uh, on him? Do you go with Jaron Ron Curse on him? I think there are things that you can do within your defense to make sure that he's not the one guy that beats you.
2: Let's, let's say that they're in, I guess, what would it be? 11 personnel, three mm-hmm. wide receivers. You've got the running back, which is Cordarell Patterson in the backfield. And then you've got the one tight end in, in Kyle Pitts on the field, right? And you spread out Corderell Patterson. He comes out of the backfield and he adds that that fourth wide receiver look. So now you're in one personnel. Mm-hmm. What, what's the difference from really any other team just
3: putting four wide receivers with a tight end? It's what they initially come out in. Okay. So you initially come out and <clears throat> you initially come out with with three receivers. So guess what? You put three DBs out there. Mm-hmm. Right? You put three cornerbacks right. out there, right and nickel. Now all of a sudden he comes out the backfield. Now who bumps out your linebacker, mm-hmm. right? So it's all about the personnel that they come out and line up with. That's how they create those mismatch. That's that's how they that's how they mess you up because they can come out in twelve personnel. Yep. They can come out a 12 person now, you know, one running have back, two tight ends and, and two wide receivers. Well, all of a sudden now you're in your base defense and now you got this dude who comes out the backfield and you're like, "Oh, crap." <laughs> or they have a short split with their receiver and now they have run pits outside and then they motion Patterson and now they're at, now they're in an the empty set and you're guarding pits with a cornerback and you're guarding, you know Patterson with a dog on linebacker. It's, it's just they can create some some bad situations for you. Everybody's going to have to have their their antennas up. But how do you combat that?
2: Maybe even prior to the snap with personnel, who do you put out there if you know that there's a chance
3: that Patterson does split out wide? I mean, I think you I think you negate it by doing exactly what Rob said. Rob said they're not running the ball well. They're not. They're not running the ball well. So knowing that they're not running the ball well, you might be able to come out in these nickel type sets and and not and just just say, hey, guess what? But no matter what you do, we can stop your run, even in this personnel grouping. And if you decide to widen these guys out, we have the personnel out there to, to go ahead and guard you. You're not going to mess this up, and never go. You call it a big
1: nickel, whatever you want. Yeah. That's we're, we're typically in the nickel, anyways. anyways yeah. So I mean, whether they go empty or they go with him at, and the one, you know, as, as the back in the backfield, we're usually there. And I and the and for me again, going back to uh, our strong safety, it's Jeron Curse. Um, Jeron Curse is is the is the the link. Uh, in this game, or most of the games, when they go to an empty set, uh, where he's having to make plays, or he's isolated with the tight end, we still have to talk about Hayden Hurst. I mean, we're looking at other pieces, but Hayden Hurst is also a weapon uh, for them as well. So, I mean, and Zach is that dude is coming along strong. So you better respect him as what, well. What
0: do you have two or three touchdowns yeah, this week.
3: He's balling. Yeah, he's mm. balling,
0: and, and he's playing more without Ridley. Yes, they, I mean they play Cowboys play a lot of big nickel, like you said, and and. If you watch, I mean, the Falcons will run against that mm-hmm. and 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 hand it off if they see, you know, kind of a light front. But yeah, they haven't run it that great. And I do think to your point, heck, the Cowboys are way better equipped this year than they were last year with yeah, curses gosh. versatility, Parsons speed back there. They've just got more versatility. they just they just didn't play well last week. I mean, they I, Quinn said they missed fourteen tackles. They didn't finish runs, didn't finish plays. They were trying to strip the ball, trying to get that takeaway instead of just wrapping up and finishing the play. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't It just wasn't a good performance. And, and you know, if you go back to the Patriots game, I think they tried to test the Cowboys in space with their tight ends and their running backs. So we'll see how it responds. It would be a good chess match. I think stopping the run is going to be
2: yeah. one of the easier assignments, but it's still something that concerns me because of the way that the Cowboys' defense has given up some chunk yardage on a couple of occasions this year. If they come out and play like they did against Minnesota, you're going to feel pretty good. If they come out and play like they did uh, last week against Denver, you're going to feel like maybe you're you're (laughs) missing something. Um, And by the way, going back to your takeaway point earlier, I meant to mention this yesterday, but now we... uh, I thought we had an answer after the Minnesota game, and the Cowboys' defense did not have a takeaway. I was like, wow, this defense can still play when they don't have a takeaway. This is awesome. This is going to be really good moving forward. And then the next week, it just completely went the opposite direction. Didn't have a takeaway, and you didn't play well. So we have two opposite ends of the spectrum. If the Cowboys can even find a middle ground, I feel like you're going to be fine with it. But there's more to talk about with that moving forward. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, is Matt Ryan still Matt Ryan? What can he do that picks apart this Cowboys defense? And who needs to step up on the defensive line when we return right after this?
0: Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm
3: Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So
1: to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash.
3: Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers
2: Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys.
1: There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Talking Cowboys.
2: It's a great people, great pay replay here at Talking Cowboys because Jason Witten He's done it. He has joined the Caliber Collision Team. You can join him to do great work with great people for great pay. Apply now at at jobsatcaliber.com. That is jobsatcaliber.com. Second segment here of Talking Cowboys here on a wonderful Wednesday. Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back, and I pose this question going into the break. Is Matt Ryan still Matt Ryan? Can he put up big numbers? Well, Over the first four games of the year, the answer was probably no. (laughs) Went one and three. Averaged under 20 points per game. Points per game allowed for the defense was 32 points per game, so it's not like the defense really helped him out a whole lot. But over the last four games, however, the Falcons are three and one. They've averaged over 24 points per game, so seeing an uptick there. And the defense is playing much better with five takeaways and averaging just 23 points against. So, I ask you the same question. Based off of the numbers that you heard there, is Matt Ryan still good enough? Is he still elevated his game enough, heck, but to be able to pick apart a
1: defense like he did early in his career? Well, he has the best nickname in the game. Matty Ice? It's Matty Ice. And he has been uh... – His
2: nickname is so good that yeah. almost every Matt in the world has probably been called Matty Ice yeah. at some point. At
3: some point. I stole the
1: nickname for some Yeah, people. you
2: called Matt Kent, who does great yep. work in the studio – Yep. Matty Ice, like
0: every day.
1: You know, I grew up in a neighborhood where if you a nickname, boy, you bet if you got one, it sticks. Liverpool. It stick, <laughs> <laughs> and it stays with you. <laughs> and a lot of people <laughs> give you a bad nickname. I was about to say, there's probably not some good ones in. Nah, there. it's a, you know what, it is. It is some good ones, but I'm telling you, they stay with you with Matty. And look, I know you're thinking of some right now. I, hey, I got some too. I'm with some rest. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably thinking of K Y. Well, yeah, uh, but Matt on the air. Yeah, the the thing is, you're right. I mean, Matt Matt Ryan is a veteran quarterback that you know hasn't lost it. He's not one of those guys that you know has fell off the deep end. He's lost some of his receiver depth for sure, uh, mm -hmm. but he's still able to make all the throws. He's still competent, um, and he knows that he can get he can get the ball there. I just think that you know, as far as his protection uh, and things like that, those things are breaking down. It doesn't matter you know whether you're old quarterback or you see Justin Fields in Chicago. Man, you can't maneuver and do a whole lot when you don't have time in the pocket. And that's going to be the biggest thing for him uh, because he needs for these plays to develop. I think that their their head coach definitely tries to put him in a position uh, to, to be successful. They change his launching point in certain games you've seen where they're getting pressure on him. But again, I think for the Dallas Cowboys, they cannot come into this game being overconfident. The number one thing has to be is getting pressure on Matt Ryan and creating those turnovers.
2: How do you do that against this offensive line? Is this offensive line better than any of the ones you've seen previously?
3: No, this offensive line is struggling, and, yeah. Matt and Matty Ice uh, turns lukewarm whenever he has some pressure. Uh, he has whenever he has to move his feet, <laughs> he literally melts. Yeah, exactly. He's the dog on a snowman. He's, <laughs> um, but no, he. Um, He's he can still deliver the ball. He's still he's still you have to respect this man. Don't disrespect him. We learned our lesson in that already. Um is the reason why I sit up here and talk about how good players are every week. Um, you have to respect this dude and but the way that you can throw him off his game is Get some pressure on him. And whether that results in sacks or not, I think it still affects the game just as much. Um, he doesn't throw the ball well on the move. Um, and he has guys that are able to get to the middle of the field right now. A lot of times you're worried about guys outside the hashes. You're worried about guys outside the numbers in the NFL. Um, he has guys that can work the middle now. And that's dangerous if you allow for him to set his feet back there and be comfortable. Hmm.
0: Yeah, Gage does that. Zacharius does that. Obviously, Pitts does that. Yeah, um, I thought against the Saints, he did a pretty good job of of just buying a little extra time, moving up in the pocket, climbing the pocket, because because you're right, like the pressure was on him, and it's not the strength of their their offense right now, even though they have some good players, Jake Matthews, obviously. So, but he can he can buy a little extra time. I think the the thing you worry about is just he has seen everything in the NFL. <laughs> He's seen every coverage you can throw at him, and and honestly, when we talked about. It goes the other way. I mean, he's been around Quinn for a long time. I think one thing you give Quinn credit for, and he talked about it Monday, is he's changed a lot of his philosophy. He's, you know, when he came here, we said, oh, cover, he's a cover three defense. He plays a lot of different coverages, and completely so, changed. Yeah, and and that's he, that's part of him adapting after he got let go from the Falcons. He he said he went back seven years and and looked at everything I did, Seattle, Atlanta, and tried to to kind of change that up and add more. And that'll be important against a guy that he coached for six years.
1: Yeah, And he also went 276 for four touchdowns last, last year versus us. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, let's he, not forget that. He yeah, he's play. done it. <laughs> <laughs> if I gave you one guess to
2: to say where Matt Ryan ranks in terms of completion percentage, efficiency in the NFL since week three, what would your guess be?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't I know. know. He com- wouldn't know his completion percentage. Yeah, completion percentage. It's it's almost seventy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: sixty-nine point five completion percentage since week three. That's second in the NFL, only behind Kyler Murray. So, in that winning streak or the three out of or three and one streak that I, I mentioned coming into the the segment, he's been
1: dealing. So that's pretty good. He's been dealing. Yeah, 70% completion rate is pretty good. Pretty good, right? Uh That guy <laughs> used to have one of those. <laughs> but, you know, they, these guys are not – they don't have a lot of explosive plays. And so those are all short yardage things that, he, that he's doing. So, I mean, for our worries about our defense has been all the big play. You know, the big play. Giving up the big play uh, has been our Achilles heel. I think in, in – you just can't allow for Atlanta to get certain things going. We talk about them not having a true running back. Well, when they turn the hand the ball off to Mike Davis and he's grinding up some yards, that kind of opens up everything on their offense. You want to keep them in the bubble that they came in. And they, they're not used to getting those big chunk plays, but when they do, that's when you see their offense actually clicking.
2: Also, I forgot about this. Whenever we're talking about this offense and the potential of linebackers having to cover tight ends and having to cover Corderell Patterson, Kyle Pitts and Micah Parsons played against each other in high school. They were high school rivals and both on the All-State team in high school in Pennsylvania. So something interesting to, to think about. Is there breaking news over there?
3: No, I'm just looking at some of these stats. Uh, my guy, you know, GMAT sends out emails helps Oh yeah. Us out. And the last four games, these guys have a 75% winning percentage. They're averaging 24 points a game. Uh, you know, we're not going to talk about the defense right now, but they're they're scoring more than they than they are allowing uh, right now, and these boys are picking it up. So, as you talk about Matt Ryan and his completion percentage over these last you know three four games, you know, it's that's that's it's why. Right? They're figuring it out. They're figuring out their personnel. Um, one, it's complimentary football too. It's complimentary football for sure. I mean, but you know, you, one of your favorite human beings in the world in this past draft was, was Kyle Pitts. There's no secret about that. And the, right. in the You're first right. three or four games, they didn't know how to utilize him. They didn't know how to, you know, how to incorporate him into their offense. Guess what? Ding ding ding, they figured it out. Um, so now all of a sudden they figured that out and now they're starting him and, and Matt Ryan are starting to get that symmetry and that chemistry,
1: um, and it's starting to result
3: in W's for them. So
1: they have, they've had some feel-good games. I mean, and I love, you know, the, the schedule that they have. Wins against the Giants. Uh, lost to the Washington football team. They beat the Jets. They beat the Dolphins. Um, they lost against the Panthers. Are you saying it, it, it was the same thing as last do? week?
3: Same thing last week. Against yeah. Denver, Denver's Denver's wins no, were against teams
1: no. that were not good. But but if we played if we have to play a Denver every week, I, I think I hear. be okay with I, that. I, I, that's I, not.
3: I was just addressing your point in terms of their feel good wins. Denver, their feel good wins were all was all their win columns as well. So. That right there, I wouldn't look at that more so I would more so look at the aspect that these guys are starting to figure out how to utilize their personnel, how to incorporate their offense. Patterson is getting he's everywhere now. In the first couple of games they were they, they had an idea what they wanted to do with him. Now they know exactly how to utilize him. Saints had two loss
2: going into last week as well and Atlanta came out and smacked them in the mouth. I mean they got up early and boy did they almost collapse again late. But uh, the fact that they got
3: up so big on New Orleans was pretty impressive. Yeah, and this and this is cat, I know he doesn't. His stats aren't like a lot, jumping off the screen. Watch him, mm-hmm. please yeah. watch him.
1: Please watch him. Robinson put us all on notice now. So we get a guy that comes in, we're not expected. Now the the, the fifth Patrick. guy, yeah, the fifth guy, the fifth guy on the roster, we better watch out for. I mean, I agree. I mean, these guys, do, these guys do some good things, and like you said, the respect level has to be there. But when I look at their schedule and some of their wins, and even going back to that Saints game, they tried to give that game. They up. tried. They really the tried to give that game up. So. This is going to be an interesting matchup. You're man.
0: right. They haven't beaten a bunch of playoff teams. If you go into New Orleans and win, though, I'm impressed. Yeah. I, I, that, that's <clears throat> The Cowboys, whether they had a starting quarterback in there or not, that's I think that's an impressive win. Division but, game. Division game, for sure. I, How much of this do you think you guys think is just about – it's getting back to playing the way they play defensively. I mean, yeah. Dan Quinn kept talking over and over about that on Monday. He said, "I think just remembering what that relentless nature of going and finishing can feel like and look like, and what you've seen from that defense, we've got to capture that. Every time you go, it's got to be that way." I don't. I mean, I personnel wise, yeah, there's mismatches, all that, but they they were not physical. They were not. They, they missed tackles. There, a lot, I think some of this stuff is self self scout and just mm-hmm. get back to playing the mm-hmm. way you play. Um, and they'll be all right in that regard. Although, like you said, they're still giving up big plays. That's been a common theme every week, whether it's run game, mostly in the pass game, but they gave up too many big – I think they had six explosive runs for like 130
1: yards, Broncos did last week. I love that, man. And it's a term people use in football and in sports, period. Let's let's get back to being us. And I think if we get back to being us, you'll feel better uh, about – Going in and smacking uh, the Falcons around because you felt you had to feel horrible about your effort uh, versus, the Bronco, versus the Broncos and the tackles. You talked about it. You're going in. You're trying to strip guys and they're getting getting away and getting 10, 15 extra yards. Get the guy down. This is the first time I think I've seen a game where we made contact and the runner kept going. Yeah. And so this is the, if, if this is going to be a first time, let it be the last time.
2: Got to make it be the last time. Now, for those of you who played the game, both of you at the end of the table, when there's a loss like that and you turn around and you have to get back to being yourself, what's the approach from a practice standpoint? What kind of practice are you having? Because the Cowboys are back on the field today. What, what kind of practice are you having today and tomorrow in order to get back to that point?
0: Oklahoma yeah. drill, <laughs>
3: no. bull in the ring. <laughs> we got go a bull, we go a bull in the ring. Got it. <laughs> no, it's no different. It's just you know, you're just more dialed in. You know, you're just asking guys to be more dialed in. You recognize that this is such a PR was answer, a, and I'm so well. Upset I mean, about it. I mean, it's, it is. I mean, you're you're asking guys to be more dialed in, watch more film. You know, be more um, be more intent on on executing your assignments. These, this was not a. A physical just beating in terms of us just getting just thrall like New England did on our first drive. That wasn't, that was, that was just being out physical because we just couldn't stop them physically. Mm -hmm. This was out physical because guys just didn't show up and you just meant they mentally weren't there. So to your point, Heckman, if, if the guys get back to showing up, get back to, you know, uh, being approaching the game the proper, the proper way and executing, then then I think we're that we're feeling pretty doggone good about it. Um, but in terms of practice, yeah, it's just dialed in. Hey, get back, get back, focus. Whatever happened to you last week? Get that mess about your system. Get locked back in. We did that. not just face a doggone you know monsters and they just came and just, <laughs> just, the just thrashed stars. us. You know, yeah. so <laughs> them high, hit, him low. hit them high, <laughs> hit them low. That's not what <laughs> that just
1: happened. No, and you know, being in this building, man, and having the opportunity to speak with guys like Nate Newton, that you know. And you talked to Nate and being coached by Jimmy Johnson, their whole mentality on those teams were completely different. Now with the you know, players not hitting through through the week, they were having live hitting sessions through the week. So yeah. when they got to the game, there was no such thing as, you know, guys not putting in the effort because guys were Always worried about their job under Jimmy, and so you know, I just lo- I love having those conversations with with guys that have done it at, at a high level, that's been there, that understand that. Look, man, right now these guys, and you even say it all the time, man. This is cupcake. I would love to be a part of this this training regimen of what they're doing during the week, and so having a lit down game like this, and, and guys knowing that you know, look, they didn't get to this they didn't get to this level by accident. So you know, going back to what made them professional athletes, going to be important, and tackling is just a part of.
2: Under this schedule, Isaiah, you could have played another 8 games. Bro, I'm thinking about stretching right now. <laughs> don't do it. Don't get out there, at least be a long snapper. You got to beat Barry Church in a race first, <laughs> dude. You got to make it happen for <laughs> me. From be Ohio. From doesn't, Ohio have a chance. doesn't have a chance. No chance. Drinking too much of that wine, huh? Mm-hmm. 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 Sipping on that. The wine.
1: man makes his
2: own wine. Yeah, I would I would be <laughs> sipping on it too <laughs> if I was alive. Yeah. All right, demise, brother. Let's take a break. When we come back, who is under the most pressure on defense to have a good performance on Sunday when we return here on Talking Cowboys.
3: that's
1: huge then guess who's getting a deal is it jackie flash jackie flash
3: it's not complicated at AT at&t our best
2: smartphone deals are for everyone restrictions apply
1: visit att.com for details back to talking cowboys
2: Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. (laughs) See more. (laughs) Do more. Essilor on Talking Cowboys.
1: Come on, dog. Look at me. I
2: I feel like he pooted at the same time.
1: Burp. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it through you that gotta, one.
2: You now. gotta have some like fluidity <laughs> with the wrist. Come on, man! Oh, just
1: holding it in. Eh? I did the best I could I did the best Hey y'all don't want me to do it I'm using too much palm definitely You you got (laughs) the fingers right I'm too palmy Come on man I'm just I can't get that It was like a punch though It was like a Super Mario punch It was too tight (laughs) It was up
2: tight tight. Chris Beam is is coming in With further review
0: First of all I know you like to watch tape Go watch the tape. Mm.
3: <laughs> Get better.
2: <laughs> Whoa! Wow. Wow. Hey, that's a true friend.
3: That is. That's, that's accountability. A, that's a
1: you know what? You hand. need those kind of friends, Heckman. But here's
0: the thing: is you, when you flicked it, is okay. All yeah. right. You left your hand out there a little long.
1: Is that mm. right? He yeah. got
3: game style.
0: A little long. Am I right, Heck? I love him basketball. Isaac. Sorry. Yeah, a little a little basketball.
3: Little I love him basketball. Left the hand up. Yep.
1: A little long. <laughs> Kept the hand too, in too the much. Cookie much. Jar. You
0: have to say the last line.
1: Oh, okay. Man, like I, got up, more, I got caught up I got caught up I got caught up in the whole Esla. thing, man. They can, you, you know what? Y'all want to just start it over? <laughs> you no, gonna, gonna <laughs> no a, we don't. You're gonna get
3: a FedEx letter from, from yeah. Esalore. <laughs> they're
1: gonna, they're gonna <laughs> find <laughs> you <laughs> to find you. I'll be better. They're gonna repo his glasses. I'll be better. I'll be better, Esslore. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> All right, final segment here of Talking Cowboys. And Guess what, Heckman? How about y'all fix
1: this?
2: Yeah, how about that, Des? Fix <laughs> this. Fix this. Um, what a moment! Heckman, well, you won't have to do the the read. You you'll you'll say the read the next two nights or next two mornings. Why is that? Because you're hosting the next two days. Mm. Oh. Mm. Woo! Mm. I'm out for Thursday and Friday, so oh. you guys can join. She's just leaving us, huh? Yeah. Oh, Big time, big time big, time,
1: big time, Just for two days. <laughs> but I will be
2: back on Sunday for all the other. Fellas Game day
1: coverage (laughs) Fellas We're gonna be off the chain Yeah Off the chain No chain No chain No chain chain. Just the pendant Hey who was that guy That played
0: first place For the Yankees A long time ago I can't remember Jason
2: Giabi No (laughs) Who Was it Wally
0: Pitt It was Wally Pitt Oh
2: okay. okay That's fair if Heckman wants my job, he can have it. Nah, don't nobody want your job. Exactly. Can't so nobody, back off.
1: Can't nobody out, Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Nine one one.
2: Yeah. Let's call calling go. that nine one one.
1: All right, final
2: couple minutes here. <laughs> <you>. Final couple <laughs> so minutes. So he said. Yeah. When did I say that? No, that's what he uh, just oh. said. This is gonna be interesting. Who is under the most pressure on the Cowboys' defense to have a better performance on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. What uh who would you say? Would you say it's a specific player, specific unit, it doesn't matter, but who has the biggest pressure on them moving into Sunday, Rob?
0: I mean, this is a cop-out, but I think it's everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't think any level of defense went well Sunday. I mean, you could point out specific guys and say Micah played well, especially in the pass rush game, Leighton had a bunch of tackles, but I don't I don't think top to bottom it went well for, for anybody, and... I know you put Trayvon Diggs on the on the rundown there, and I think he's an interesting guy to talk about because he's got all these interceptions, but he's got some penalties lately, and he's given up some plays. And you know, either Quinn or Mike McCarthy said he's probably playing. A, I think Mike said he's playing a little too aggressive right now. So how do you how does he strike that balance? Because that's what makes him good uh, as a cover guy. But how do you not give up as much as he's been giving up lately as well?
3: Yeah. I think Curse has to have a big game. I think Curse and Parsons, um, and obviously it depends on what Coach Quinn does in terms of personnel matchups, but Curse is going to have his hands full, obviously, with Pitts. And I think Parsons will be the guy that's kind of touted to be follow around Patterson anywhere he goes. That's what I would do. Do you think Curse and his ability
2: to cover Jared Cook back in week two and kind of having that mm. even remotely translates mm. to what Kyle no. Pitts can do? Because I'm thinking no. of. Big athletic tight ends, and Kyle Pitts is a different animal yes. than Jared Cook. Yeah. But, but Jared Cook's right up there, at least in terms of the guys he's
3: faced. Jared Cook was tripping over himself. This, I mean, <laughs> what is your deal with it,
1: Jared Cook? You I don't him have, him have it. an issue. Gergenau. Watch the film.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Watch, the film. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the film. I mean, <laughs> he's, an he, he's an older. He's an older. He's got to
1: axe the grind with certain he's, players. I man. don't. Jared Cook is not a route runner. What
3: did he do against you? This is a, Jared you. Cook's not a route runner. Did he a in
1: the weight room? What happened, man?
3: I don't have any people who are stronger than me. You can have it. I, I did everything I needed to what was, do. What was the comparison you made to Juggernaut? W- juggernaut. Yeah, yeah. Jericho's yeah, yeah, a ju- like, Jer- uh, Juggernaut. He's top-heavy. <laughs> top, I mean, you go back to Jay, I think Jalen Smith was trying to cover him, right? And some other stuff. That'd Anyways, well. he's not a route runner. Um, <laughs> Kyle Pitts is a route runner. I mean, you think about the tight ends that we faced this year. Yeah, Gronkowski week one, he ate. He ate a whole plate. Thanksgiving came back for seconds, actually. Uh, who else did we face that was a beast of a tight end? Gronk i have been saying, aside from Gronk, mm,
1: not really. Yeah, we haven't faced one, so I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Curse is the next I wanna next think, I wanna most think challenging Abram guy from the Giants, but he's he's no, kind of yeah, off his, no. his thing. But you know what? I think I agree Pat's with you. Ends.
2: Yeah, I was thinking Patriots, Patriots, um, blank. Yes,
3: the Patriots, names. the Patriots. Yes, yes. Those, guys
2: really yeah. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, those guys are good. It's
3: really good. So yeah, that's that's the next the next group that I would say put in that, in that category. And those guys are kind of a dual threat. This is the guy for them.
1: But I agree with both of you. I just want to say I agree with both of you uh, to that regard and, and not taking the easy way out, that everybody has to play better on defense. But you're right about Curse. You know, Curse is leading the team right now in tackles. Fact check me on that, Chris Bean, but I believe he is. And if he finishes the season leading this team in tackles, it'll be the first time that a free safety or safety has led the team in tackles since B from Ohio, Wow, who had 110 mm-hmm. tackles. So, I mean, he's a, he's a guy that's an integral part of what we do. But you're right, man, he has his hands full uh, on, on defense, especially uh, versus Kyle Pitts. But I, th- I believe this Randy Gregory, Randy Gregory has to get that motor going, bash him. Our edge guys have got to continue to put pressure on Matt Ryan because, like you said, the offensive line is compromised, and we know that uh, Matt Ryan will give you uh, opportunities. And in yeah. the
0: run game, too, edge containment was a problem. Uh, you know they they bounce a lot of stuff outside. You know they got beat in the middle interior too in the run game too. So I'd say just that front four five whatever you want to call it uh, for sure. I I wonder, I mean is this a matchup for Diggs though against against Kyle Pitts? Do you think that's they Ooh. need? To, I, I'm just watching it back. I mean Xavier Howard was covering Kyle Which Pitts had at to. times so. Yep. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts had also had well yeah, <laughs> that yeah. didn't in Will. Yeah, no, Kyle Pitts and had nine
2: for one nineteen. Yeah, or wait, no, it well. was seven for one
3: sixty three. And there were some pass interferences there too. Yeah, so, yeah that was not a. And good by the matchup.
0: way, Micah Parsons now leads the team in tackles. Ah. That's why. That's why I, I
1: said you'll fact check. I know it was no, coming. It, well, so curse is by right the way, there. Though. It's
0: by one tackle. There, there you go. It's fifty two. I know it was coming. I'll be on my ride
1: home. you were wrong. Get a call. from Chris. I yes. All right.
2: Messed up. <laughs> well, that's it for us here on Talking Cowboys. What's coming up tomorrow? You previewing Cowboys offense? Uh, yeah, Cowboys going to talk about Dak. Getting that calf back. Michael Gallup back in the fold. Uh, Yes. Off
1: the chain tomorrow. No chains allowed in studio. No chains. Don't bring you one gold chain tomorrow, man. I don't
3: wear any necklaces. I have eczema. Thanks. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) So no chain is right up your alley. This is great.
2: (laughs) All right. For Chris Beam in the back, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Hackma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking (laughs) Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys
0: Football Club.
1: Up. How about this guy?